1: And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show.
2: Today, we're going to talk music, one of my favorite subjects, creatively. And my guest on the phone is Aaron Kula, who is a music director and accordion. He's an active performer, educator, composer, and conductor. His lifelong interest in classical jazz and folk music led him to form the award-winning Klezmer Company Orchestra at Florida Atlantic University's libraries, where he serves as Director of Music Performance and Education. Welcome, Aaron.
3: Thank you for uh, having me. I appreciate it.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Now, your mission, you um, created the Klezmer Company Orchestra in 1997. Correct. So that's um, 18 years.
3: 18, yeah, we're that's right. Yeah. We're in our magic 18th year.
2: Right, and your mission was to f- for perform music from a broad range of genres, which would be historical periods, orchestra, jazz, classical, musical theater, and you've created a fusion of sorts where you bring different different cultures in. Explain that, because what you do is unique.
3: Right, well... It's interesting, like uh, a lot of uh, uh, great scientists or philosophers or musicians or ideas, it it really actually started as a very narrowly focused uh, ensemble, um, and it was and the creation or the evolution was just an accident waiting to happen. Uh, so essentially, we started pretty much as a singular genre ensemble, and we played really just a. a a, a kind of music called klezmer music, which is Eastern European music from the late 18th century, 19th century, and it's basically music that is uh, uh, dance music, celebratory, secular music for for Jewish parties, sometimes called street mm-hmm. music. But as we evolved musically, and we started realizing that the music collection at at the university. As I was opening up boxes of music, we started seeing that we had music from virtually every possible ethnic background, Russian, American, uh, Latin American, Cuban. It was really just everything, and so we decided to, to keep the name the same, but just diversify Mm. sort of like an investment so we diversified and said we're going to play all kinds of music and we're going to incorporate all kinds of music and styles into our playing and that's kind of how it that's kind of how it started mm. you know first very narrow and then then got really broad because we have 100 close to 100,000 pieces of, of music from all different mm. genres what? so it really it was, it was an accident waiting to happen
2: yeah it was like it's a fusion but but why was this important to you Aaron? I mean this is unique as you said I mean there's nothing quite like this. Why did you want to blend all these different ethnic musicalities together
3: well what I what I discovered with uh, specifically with the Jewish music that I was playing known as klezmer music right? that given given the way it was written or the way it was passed from, you know, hand to hand or what they say, you know, mouth to ear. And I, I wanted to not just be a museum ensemble, meaning an ensemble, a band, whatever you want to call us musically, a group of musicians that played pieces that were of an archival nature or a vintage nature, but I wanted to somehow update these old melodies uh, which is really common historically for all Jewish music or all klezmer music. Every generation kind of incorporated whatever was cool or hip
0: mm.
3: to, to their own generation. So that way mm-hmm. it, it, it it actually stayed alive, the, at least the melody did. And so being in South Florida, um, we wanted to take the folk music and mix it with something that was relevant to our society, the, mm-hmm. the people or the culture that's, the, the prominent culture that's down here, which is Cuban, Caribbean, Latin American. Yep. And that's how we sort of brought Eastern European music together with Latin American rhythms and percussion instruments.
1: Yeah.
3: And, and that's the art of fusion. It doesn't happen by itself. It's an active artistic endeavor by the musicians. Mm-hmm.
2: And I think what we'll do is at the end, we'll save a little space at the end when we say bye, uh, you know, so that people can hear some of this music because I've heard it and it's really amazing. And what struck me is that some of the songs, particularly some of the Jewish songs, you know, have sad themes. I mean, there's been a lot of loss. There's been a lot of transition. There's been a lot of loss of, of people in our culture through, you know, through genocides and different things. And yet, and yet the music... The way that you play it, with adding in other cultures and beats and rhythms, is hopeful. Not all these sad and melodious, which is the way that I hear it.
3: Right, right. Well, again, it's 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 up to the musician or the artist to um, portray or reflect the kind of emotion that they want of that melody. I mean, that's not that's also something that has been. uh, you know, done for years by musicians. You know, there was uh, in the 40s. Uh, There's a song called "And the Angels Sing." Um, it was originally in. It was originally a klezmer melody from the late 1800s that kind of came over here via the immigrants in the early uh, 20th century, and then it was kind of turned into a big band number. But it was originally a fast. Two step dance number. So the transformation of, you know, sad, emotional music or melody to a fast or fast to slow is, is really not, not a new concept. We just, I just applied it to some of the songs that people have only heard as slow and sad or melancholy, melancholy uh-huh. melodies. Uh-huh. So, you know, it, it really becomes what, what's really happening is that each Musician ensemble, even generation, is trying to define the music for themselves. But yet, mm-hmm. they want to hang on to something of the past. So, you're trying to bring the past into the present so it lasts for the future. Mm-hmm. So, it, it's an interesting... Um, state of evolution of how this music is surviving and that is the only way it's survived for hundreds if not thousands of years but
2: but I think Aaron by adding the Latin flavor or you know a different flavor from another culture you're now making it live in other cultures as well not just in the Jewish culture.
3: Absolutely because our goal was to actually broaden broaden our audience base, you know, a little, Mm -hmm. we want, we also wanted to be a little bit entrepreneurial. So, Mm um, uh, in order to do that, you, you have to embrace, a wider yeah. demographic. Yeah. So uh, through our language of saying, you know, cu- cu- doing Cuban or Caribbean or Latin American rhythms, whether it's tango or merengue, we have a piece called klez merengue, or we have a piece <laughs> called uh, mambo frela. Um, mm. Through the use of, of various languages uh, and using the syntax in a way that Syntax in a way that some people recognize some of the title, but not all of it. They're willing to come into our concert and not feel like strangers. Mm-hmm. So we've really spent time cultivating the blending of Latin and Jewish, so that our audience base is expanding, and it is happening. We're having we're having a much wider and younger uh, uh, audience. Uh, come to our concerts and say i don 't know the me- i don 't recognize the melody, but I recognize the music and that 's an interesting uh, comment because they yeah. recognize the 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 feel the energy they see that we're using uh, we're using uh, uh, Latin percussion in- instruments, clave and bongos and congas and so all of a sudden they say, wow, I, that's, a, that's a Cuban instrument. That's a Cuban rhythm. And then they're willing to sit there and enjoy something new to them. To them, the melody is new. And to us, the, you know, the Jewish clientele, the Jewish audience members, it's the rhythm and percussion instruments that are new. And so all of a sudden everybody's getting something new, <laughs> which is really, and they all think they're hearing something fresh. And that's, that's, that's exciting to get the feedback, get that feedback.
2: Speaking of being entrepreneurial, you really were because you went to work for Florida Atlantic University and you convinced them to, you know, have you do this sort of new kind genre of music. How did you do that? How did you pull that off?
3: Well, like anything, you have to, you know, get let people think that it's good for them and it's their idea. <laughs> so what, uh-huh. I, what I basically did is... is uh, create a brand new position faculty position inside a library that doesn't exist anywhere else in the country and it happened because again another accident it happened because there was an accident of hundreds maybe a thousand boxes of of uh, uh, boxes of music a thousand boxes of music that were unopened that were what they call it unprocessed and I started digging through these boxes, and the, the dean, which is the head of the library, uh, didn't know what was sitting stored on the floor. And I told him, you have some unbelievable editions of music from the late 1800s and the early 1900s. And uh, you should take good care of it, because some of these may be the last copy that exists in the world. And that is true, maybe except for the Library of Congress or some of the major libraries around the world. And uh, he said to me, well, what do we do with it after we put it in a folder and put it in a box and lock it up in a room to protect it? And I said, well, music is meant to be performed. So if you really want to do something with the music, create a performance library or a performance division, which is what I'm in charge of, and let me do concerts based on music from the collection itself. And so I proposed that, and they said, what a great idea. And all of a sudden we have you know, over 20,000 people on our mailing list, and we have uh. get 2,000 people to a concert, yeah. if not more. We've played in California, Arizona, Canada. Yeah. Uh, so we're really, we're really bringing the music to new fronts, and it's and it's new music because we're not just playing museum music the way it was done in the mm-hmm. 20s, 30s, and 40s. Mm-hmm. We're actually we're updating it. It's like, yep. you know, we're, yep. you, you have Amazing. to update your clothes, you update yeah. your car, yeah. you update your computer and technology. Well, we're so, updating the music.
2: So you took what they had and you updated
3: we, it. Right. We took what they had and and made it more contemporary so that the current audience, the current generation would want to listen to it that's fun
1: yeah,
2: excellent. yeah I, I really felt that when I heard it I mean it, it really of course I knew a lot of the tunes but it was right. done in such a different way that it was it was very as you said it does it gives you a new sense of things because you hear something you know but it's not all of what you know and then you hear something new right and I think that that makes it exciting for the right for the you person. want to
3: make sure that it, it, you know it, it's some it, you can't abandon the history right. or tradition. The goal isn't to reject, you know, people misunderstand what I'm doing sometimes because some of the, you know, some of the older uh, generation, uh, they don't necessarily embrace what I'm doing. I'm not saying all of them, but some mm-hmm. of them don't because they feel that I'm rejecting the past or I'm rejecting tradition. I'm actually not. I'm really embracing it, but just with a new, I'm encasing it in something new. And the creative process has been part of Jewish music from the beginning of the Bible. (laughs) Uh, uh. So it's really nothing new. It's just that we get entrenched in what we know and what we're comfortable with. And so, you know, if a song makes us cry, we want to make sure it keeps making us cry. Mm -hmm. I turn it around and say, well, what if the song is so joyous that it makes us smile? So in a way, the music is playing with people's emotions and not in a bad way, but, but maybe it might be giving them some new emotional, a new emotional experience that they Mm -hmm. weren't prepared for because especially, you know, perhaps the old generation, they want things to stay the way they were. Sure.
2: All right, we're going to take a break. We are talking to Aaron Kula, and he founded the Klezmer Company Orchestra with a mission to perform music from a broad range of genres, cultures, and historical. Periods. The ensemble performs a unique blend of ethnic orchestral jazz, music from classical repertoire, and musical theater. And he is at Florida Atlantic University Libraries. And we'll be talking to him right after the break. And at the very end, we'll save some time to play music. How can people listen to your music online, Aaron?
3: Uh, If they go to our, uh, there are a couple ways to do it. They can uh, go to our YouTube channel, which is under Klezmer Company. Okay. If they go to YouTube and they type in Klesmer Company or Klesmer Company Orchestra, we will pop up immediately. They can also go to our website, which is www.KlezmerCompany.com. One word. Klesmer K-L-E-Z-M-E-R company, C O M P A N Y dot com. And on that site they can also listen and go to CD baby or iTunes and download whatever they want. Amazon.com we our, our CDs and music is, is available. The YouTube is great because on YouTube they can uh, they can see us perform the music live in concert.
2: And and what is the channel again the name of the channel on YouTube?
3: Yes, yeah, just called very simple Klesmer Company channel. Okay. So if All they right, go terrific. To, if they go to if they go to YouTube uh, you know, everybody knows how to get to YouTube. They just type in the search box Klezmer Company.
2: All right. We'll be right back with Aaron right after the break, right here on The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. We'll be right back.
0: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.
2: The Schizophrenia
0: community faces tough challenges every day. The community includes individuals living with schizophrenia, their partners, parents, children, siblings, friends, neighbors, co-workers, and also their providers of health care and social services. To hear Dr. Gordon Atherley introduce members of the Schizophrenia community who are sharing their experiences... Tune in to Schizophrenia Community Radio every week, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein.
1: Well, hello everyone, and we are back, and we are talking to Aaron Kula,
2: who is the founder of the Klezmer Company Orchestra, which was founded in 1997 with the mission to perform music from a broad range of genres, cultures, and historical periods. And the ensemble performs a unique blend. It's really fusion music from classical repertoire, musical theater, and it combines many different cultures. And welcome back, Aaron. Thank you All right, so tell us a little more. I know at the end we 're going to save a little bit of time, but you have you have something called Jubano jazz, so that sounds like Jewish and Cuban.
3: <laughs> yes that 's uh, right I, I, one of my uh, one of my little uh, uh, i guess games i play I play word games and I, uh, with my musicians and here at the library and i, I like to sometimes create my own language because sometimes the language that's available doesn't do justice to describe what I'm creating. And so I was joking around with different languages and and different terminology, different terminology, and down here in Miami, um, they call the Cuban Jews, Mm Jubans, J-U-B-A-N, Jubans. And so, uh, and I was looking at it, and then I was looking at an advertisement one day that, uh, that was promoting a, a Cuban concert, and they called it Cubano. And, uh, you know, and they had pictures of, of Havana, and I said, isn't that funny? I wonder, I, I said, maybe I should just, and it just popped in my head, let's just create a new word, Jubano. Jubano Jazz, mm-hmm. and because uh, mm-hmm. they had, and I said, that's it, and everybody understood immediately that super word, Jubano Jazz, Everybody got what the concert was going to be about. So it was my own creation. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: I'm
3: yeah, going to have an Aaron Kula dictionary one day. <laughs>
2: oh, that's funny. That's funny. Tell we us have about a song, the group. We have a
3: song called We Wanted to Put Klezmer and Merengue Together. So we created a song called Klezmerengue. Yes, yeah,
1: great. So, uh, so and great. we have an
3: Afro-Cuban piece uh, a bulgar that we turned into a uh, bulgar is kind of a rush uh, a Romanian type of uh, dance with specific uh, rhythms attached to it, and we call it um, we combine it with afro Cuban and we call it afro juban bulgar mm.
2: Wow, so we that's really amazing. we're really
3: kind of uh uh putting it all in a blender and kind of mixing it up for a uh you know a, a jewish Cuban milkshake mm
2: hmm so, tell us about the people you work with. You have a large orchestra.
3: Well, we have a, we, we, as people can see on our website, we, I have a large roster of professional musicians that I work with, um, probably close to 150 at this point. And I use, I have a core ensemble of nine people, which is violin and sax, trumpet, trombone, uh, two percussionists, a piano, bass, uh, and myself on accordion. And that's the core ensemble. That's what I call the nine-member core klezmer band of KCO. But then I also have to have different size ensembles depending on what kind of music I'm doing. Uh, So sometimes we're doing uh, large-scale orchestral pieces, and we need uh, 60 people. Sometimes we're doing um, Broadway music that's in our collection, and so I need more of a Broadway theater orchestra of about, Forty people. So the size really changes depending on what kind of music I'm performing. And for the Cuban or the Latin American music, you really have to have at least three percussionists. Uh, That's kind of the standard in Latin Latin bands. We'll call them salsa bands, mambo bands, uh, because you need to have uh, the you know different Latin instruments played by individuals uh so you have a, a, a timbale and you have a clave and you have a conga and a bongo so i try to i try to be at least be true in my reference to whatever ethnic culture i'm trying to connect with um i'll give you another example we also connect yeah. with, with the um, the arabic culture so when when we do music uh, that's that's influenced by morocco or egypt or you know ancient persia We'll use uh, dumbeks and certain Arabic percussion instruments. Hmm. So really the flavor of the melodies continue to shift.
2: Hmm. hmm.
3: And that makes it fresh and exciting.
2: Yeah. What's your favorite? I know that's that's kind of a crazy question, isn't it? Because you probably have so many favorites.
3: My favorite, it, it, genre, song, I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I would, say genre. I would say genre, and then I would say song.
3: You know, um, the, the truth is, and, and most musicians, professional music, musicians would agree with this, when I work with, uh, you know, uh, musicians like Yo-Yo Ma, I mean, these, these kind of questions come up all the time. But it's, the truth is, it's, it's whatever music I'm playing at that time. And that's the fairest way to answer Yelly. it because, uh, there, there's just too many, you know, I've composed over 200 compositions that combine these, you know, different, different ethnic genres. And, um, and I conduct, you know, I can't even count how many pieces I've conducted in my career. So it's really whatever I'm doing. At that moment when I'm on stage and I'm conducting or playing the accordion, whatever I'm doing at that moment, it's my favorite moment. As long as I am making an impact on people's lives. Mm-hmm. As long as I know that. And you know what? I, I, that's, that's, the, uh, that's, that's how I measure success. When the audience leaves, um, they're A, they're reluctant to leave. And, when I, and I hear from the ushers, you know, as the, they, they love the concert. They left just humming and whistling, and they were just, their mood, they were so happy. And that, to me, is the mark of success, when you actually affect people emotionally and psychologically through your art.
2: Mm, absolutely. What do you see for the future for your group?
3: Well, you know, the future, like, like anyone's future, the chapters have yet to be written. I, I can't say I know where we're going to go, but I, I I will tell you my next goal. I have a goal. My next project that I really want to accomplish is I really would like to take this genre of music, this jubano jazz genre, which I'm I'm calling it, to Cuba, and I'm I'm actually making contacts and speaking with people that that have relationships. With both politicians or, or artists, because I think this music would be great for the Jewish community and for, for just the regular Cubans, because it's, it's sort of this Europe meets Cuba. <laughs> Europe mel- European melodies, European folk melodies meets Cuba. And I, I, I'm really going to hope that within the next two years or less, um, I can take KCO. On a cultural tour to Cuba
1: and, and even join exciting. and even
3: join with Cuban Cuban musicians because all of our music is written out now i, I don 't I, I do um, concerts with completely orchestrated arrangements uh, so it 's not it 's not like the olden days where you just sort of get together and jam as they say in jazz, you just kind of. Uh, push it all together, smash it all together, improvise, you know. I really write formal uh, arrangements so that the music can be played by any trained musician.
2: All right. Well, what we want to tell our folks is we're going to close a little bit early, and what we're going to do is insert this wonderful song, which is called Mambo Right. And you can watch it on YouTube, but we're going to put it in at the end of this interview so people can hear what you're talking about.
1: Exactly. And
2: um right. And also folks, you should go to YouTube and YouTube go to Pleasure. Right. And you can hear everything. I mean it's all there. There's so much there.
3: A lot there. Yeah. We have uh we have a lot of a lot of views. We've had over 40, 45,000 views fantastic. in the past couple of years. So we're we're moving up the ladder.
2: That's fantastic. Aaron, it was wonderful to talk with you. It, it really was. Yeah, stay on the Yeah, stay on the line for a minute. So, okay. again, we have Aaron Kula, and he is the music director and accordionist and a performer, educator, composer, and conductor. And he is uh, from the Arche- Klezmer Company Orchestra at the FAU Libraries, which is Florida Atlantic University. And this is an award winning Klezmer Company Orchestra, and he's doing amazing, groundbreaking, beautiful musical work. Thanks again, Aaron. All right, folks, enjoy this wonderful song, Mambo Lushin, which you will be able to hear right here on VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Patricia Raskin.